Listener Production. US stocks consolidate following the latest inflation figures. And Aussie shares expected to end the week lower ahead of key housing data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, the 1st of September. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, overnight US markets crossed the Rubicon when it comes to one of the most important pieces of information of the week. Uh, For humans, this is the piece of inflation news that Jerome Powell pays particular attention to. For the economists, the withering title of Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or the Core PCE. So that's the US Federal Reserve's preferred measure of underlying inflation, which posted the smallest back-to-back increase since late 2020. So what we saw was the Core PCE deflator, as it's known, That rose by 0.2% in July. That was in line with expectations, and that took the annualised or the year-on-year number to 4.2%, up from 4.1%, but broadly in line with expectations. And at the same time, we saw claims for unemployment benefits fall by 4,000 to 228,000 last week. So broadly, the information was in line, and we did see a little bit of a mixed reaction from investors, though, Tom. Yeah, and look, you know, as I was making my way into work this morning, I was thinking of that uh, seminal film, The Deer Hunter. And do you remember the game they played in that film, Ryan? I presume that deer were getting shot. <laughs> no, it had nothing to do with that. They were playing oh, right. Russian roulette, and I was thinking, if I had a gun to my head, what would be a more important piece of economic news this week? The uh, PCE figures um, or the jobs numbers tonight? And you'd probably say that the uh, inflation figures, the PCE deflated, more important just high level from the perspective of the markets, this was close enough. Yes, the figures suggested that there's still strength in consumer spending. People are still winding down that uh, surplus of cash that they accumulated over the course of the pandemic. Surprisingly strong in different jurisdictions. Australia's the same. The resilience of the consumer still holding up quite well. So from the Fed's perspective, you'd think, you know what, if we need to raise rates, not terribly bothered by it because the consumer's holding up reasonably well. Well, what we have seen, Tom, in the US summer is the release of blockbuster movies, concert tours, and of course there's been an equity rally going on as well in markets. So we have seen a pickup in consumer spending. Consumers have been running down their savings. The savings rate did fall to 3.5% in the latest month. But interestingly, inflation-adjusted consumer spending increased 0.6% last month and that was on the hills of a solid gain in June. That was the strongest advance since the beginning of the year. So the strength of consumer spending presents a fresh concern for policymakers seeking to ensure inflation continues to dissipate. So low unemployment, pandemic-era savings, and wage growth are providing support for Americans when it comes to their consumer spending at the moment. One other worrisome figure in the report, Tom, was services costs. So, mm-hmm. of course, services is a big focus of the US Federal Reserve at the mo- moment. The gorge that tracks services inflation, excluding housing and energy, jumped 0.5% in July. That's the biggest advance since the beginning of the year. The figure was distorted by an outsized increase in portfolio management and investment advice. So, of course, that's good news for financials. Indeed, that might keep us in a job for another half an hour. But in terms of the price responses, uh, we've seen stock markets essentially consolidating uh, following what has been a pretty decent rally over the course of recent days. So the indices finished around their worst levels of the session, having started around their best levels. The Dow Jones down by half of 1%, S&P 
the S&P 500 down 0.2, the NASDAQ down 0.1 of a percent. And if there's a day where you are given a pass for talking about the bond market, today is certainly it. And what stood out to me, Ryan, was notwithstanding, you know, the close shave with some of these figures and particularly the strength of the spending numbers, you still saw uh, long and short-term interest rates gravitate lower. So the yield on a two-year Treasury note down by around uh, three-odd basis points to 4.85%, a 10-year down by about two basis points to 4.09%. The important factor there is that they ended around their lows of the session in terms of yield, and that is just an important signal to watch from a slightly higher level, you know, without getting into the long grass of it, the direction of the arrow, as we often discuss, was important in that regard. Absolutely. So with the US inflation data matching estimates, that really did underscore expectations. The US central bank could pause its monetary policy tightening. So markets are now expecting an 88.5% chance that the Fed will pause in September. I think that's down from 90% yesterday. Yes, marginally down. So that's why we are seeing a rally when it comes to bond yields after a big sell-off at the beginning of the month. And that's providing a lot of support for the tech sector. So we did see the likes overnight of some of those mega caps lift. So Amazon, Meta Platforms and Tesla rose between 0.8% and 2.4%. And that's why the NASDAQ was up by 16 points or 0.1% for the day. Now, we've just finished talking about the strength of consumer spending. But then on the other side of the ledger, as economists uh, always tend to say, on the other hand, which they're famous for saying, Dollar General, which is a very well-known retail outlet in the United States, it has got a breathtaking footprint in terms of its shop locations. It's got almost 20,000 shops. They're expecting to open another thousand this year. Is that right? Yeah. So they have had a clangor in terms of their earnings report. Uh, the stock down 18%. That's probably all you need to know. Bit of a, As much as 18% at its lows, it's recovered a little bit into the close, down by about 12%, down 36% in year-to-date terms. Ooh, that's probably not speaking to um, the strength of consumer spending. No, and it's a discount retail chain, which is very interesting because we have been talking about consumers being more frugal with their spending. And Dollar General came out and said that it cut its annual same-store sales forecast. So that isn't a good sign, of course. But then we have seen some other related, I guess, updates. Victoria's Secret, that would be one of your favourites, wouldn't it, Tom? <laughs> In terms of, oh, that's not the sort of uh, clothing that I would choose for myself. No, I wouldn't have thought so. But the intimate apparel stock popped 6.1%, even after missing second quarter earnings expectations on both the top and bottom lines. So Victoria's Secret said it expects a wider than expected loss for the current quarter, but its share price was up wonder why. Well, look, um, we are digging a hole for ourselves where this conversation is concerned, so perhaps we'll just sort of navigate it as delicately as we possibly can. Uh, so moving on to Europe. Yes, let's do that, right? So in the UK, the market was down by about a half of a percent, having had a couple of days of gains. The German market up by a third of a percent, having found its footing on the back of those uh higher inflation numbers a day ago, so it's recovered some from some weakness in the previous session. The French market down by about two-thirds of a percent. The broader stock 600 index down by 0.2 of a percent. 
Yes, we did see European share markets edge lower on Thursday after data showed a drop in China's manufacturing activity and that dampened risk sentiment. As well as that, euro area inflation was unchanged at an annual growth rate of 5.3% in August. That defied expectations for a drop to 5.1%. So that mm. presents European policymakers with a real quandary, Tom, as they weigh up where the price pressures are too persistent to risk a pause in their rate hiking cycle. So we've got different situations occurring across the Atlantic in the United States. We also saw UBS shares soar 6.1%. They hit their highest level since 2008 around the GFC, ironically, on cost-cutting plans after taking over Credit Suisse. Seems like that transaction's gone okay for them. It appears that way, or at least investors were applauding it. So we did see over the course of August the continent-wide FTSE Euro First 300 index. It was down around 2.8%, and in London, the UK FTSE 100 index was down 3.4%. So worse performance than the US because in August we did see the Dow lose 2.4%, the S&P 500 slid about 1.7% with the NASDAQ down 2.2%. So a better recovery in the US in the back end of the month of August. So quickly, Ryan, just reverting back to the United States because uh, something of a theme in recent days has been a profound recovery for cannabis stocks. Um, In days gone by, there have been suggestions that Health officials have been mulling the prospect of easing restrictions around the cannabis situation, and that has seen a big rally for some of these stocks. Tilray Brands up 13%, Canopy Growth up by about 33%. Uh, Worth pointing out that they have come off the back of some pretty steep declines. Yes, we did see cannabis on a bit of a high last night in terms of those shares. You were dying to say that. I was, and the US Department of Health and Human Services, as you mentioned, recommended easing restrictions on marijuana and classifying it as a lower-risk drug, I guess, for medicinal reasons. Of course. What else is it used for? So, um, as far as the picture is concerned, as we head into Friday, both locally and regionally, we've got the SPY Futures down by about almost a half of 1%, down by 38 points. Worth pointing out that the share market has had a good rally from the lows of last week, rallying by uh, more than 3% from the lows of last week. Uh, We have got the movement for the US dollar recovering a little bit of ground, having been under pressure in recent days. And that normally puts downward pressure on commodity prices. But overnight, oil has been resistant to the strength of the greenback. It has had a decent rally up by more than 2% to about $83.56 for the US benchmark, and there's an important reason for that. Yes, US crude oil prices gained. They're up about 2 bucks at the end of trade. So we did see, in the end, the US oil NYMEX price up 2.5% to $83.63 US dollars a barrel. And the reason for that is we heard from Deputy Prime Minister Alexander Novak out of Russia and he's pledged to curb exports by 500,000 barrels a day. That's what's taken place in the month of August, but then taper those curbs to 300,000 barrels per day in September. So an extension of those curbs around exports and production for OPEC+, and that's provided support for oil prices. So we've got the end of the week in sight. It's been a big week. Uh, Let's see what the local market can do on the first day of a new month. Well, absolutely. And Tom, just for investors' interest, Ampol, Coles, Eagles Automotive, Aluka Resources, Link Administration, and Johns Lang, they all trade ex-dividend those shares today, and they could be lower. So that could be a weight in the market. And Collins Foods, our KFC operator locally, 
It's an annual general meeting, so look out for that. The Aussie dollar has pulled back from its recent highs of being uh, around that 65 US cent mark. It's back to around 64.8 US cents. We've been delighted to talk to you this week. Thanks very much for your company. Have a great weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.